0: Hello and welcome back to Joe's Art History Bite Size, small, manageable podcast episodes, which sees me, Joe McLaughlin, your host and resident art historian, deep dive into a specific artwork or artist in ten minutes or less. This week, we're looking at the Floating Piers by artistic duo Crystal and Jean Claude. Let's get started. For those of you that may not know. Christo and Jean-Claude were a real-life husband and wife artistic duo. They met in 1958 when Christo relocated to Paris and proceeded to spend the next 50-so years of their lives living, working and creating together. They are an incredibly interesting artistic duo for many, many reasons, most of which being that the works that they created together were only ever moments in time. These were large-scale, environmentally interesting installations, which lasted sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks. And they only actually have one permanent work of art. And how they produce things is incredibly interesting because these large-scale installations, which they did all over the world, doing lots of weird and wonderful things like wrapping the Arc de Triomphe and wrapping the Reichstag in Berlin in cloth, planting umbrellas along the Japanese mountainside, installing a series of flags known as gates in Central Park in New York City. These are all things which were free for the public, non-ticketed. Anybody from any walk of life could experience these works as they wanted and how they fundraised to make these projects was by selling drawings and sketches of their ideas and the money raised through these drawings and sketches were what was used to fund the projects and keep everything completely free for the public. Now there's lots of different things I could talk about with Crystal but one of my favourite projects from the duo is called Floating Piers, which happened in Italy in 2016 for a period of 16 days only. The work is a collection of floating docking systems, which was covered over with over 100,000 square metres of shimmering fabric, and everything was arranged to sit at the surface of the water, and the whole platform moved as the water did. There's an incredibly fascinating talk which Crystal gives, I'll leave a link into the show notes below, I believe it's in the States, and he discusses the ins and outs of the project, the sheer engineering, engineering, that went into something like this is incredible. And the entire length of the floating pier system was round about three kilometres long. So an incredibly impressive feat of engineering and planning. So what did the floating piers do? So visitors were able to experience the work of art by walking on it From Salsano, which was one of the towns, to Monte Isola, and to the island of San Paolo, which was framed by the floating piers. And actually, the island of San Paolo, there's about 2,000 people that live on there, and their only way to get to the mainland is through boat. So for 16 days in 2016, they could just walk across this pier. To go to the mainland to go to work and do whatever you needed to do and then this entire tiny island in the middle of this lake was completely encircled by the pier system which is just incredible the mountains which surrounded the lake were also a great opportunity for visitors to see a bird's eye view of the project and expose unnoticed angles and an ulterior perspective to the project As I've said previously, like all projects by Christo and Jean-Claude, the floating piers were completely free to the public. And Christo himself stated, there are no tickets, no openings, no reservations, no owners. The floating piers are an extension of the streets and belong to everyone. Now, this wasn't the first time that Jean-Claude and Christo had tried to get the idea of the floating piers commissioned and put into place. The idea for the floating piers actually happened in 1970 and the pair approached the Argentinian government to give them a small section of lakes and lands that they could build and do this installation and they were told no and again in 1990 they tried to have the project completed in the Tokyo Bay Area and were once again rejected. Now it wasn't until 2014 that a chance conversation led Crystal to finding the perfect location for it, which being Lake Iseo in Italy. What particularly attracted Crystal and Jean-Claude to the area was the fact that the lake itself was actually a glacier and it's incredibly deep. At one part of the lake, it's as deep as 700 metres, which is just absolutely crazy. I would thoroughly encourage you to have a look at these floating pier systems and I'll leave some images on my Instagram because it really is an incredible project and experience for everyone to have had. you must have felt that like you were walking on water almost. and I'll leave a link in the show notes below to the lecture which Crystal himself gives on the complexities of the engineering and ideas and thoughts and planning and logistics that went into actually realizing the project and film. Over the 16day period it's estimated 1.2 million people visited these three small towns in Italy. And Christo himself is quoted as saying those who experienced the floating piers felt like they were walking on water or perhaps the back of a whale the light and water transformed the bright fabrics to shades of red and gold throughout the 16 days. So why is an artwork like this important? Lots of interesting reasons. First of all, what Crystal and Jean-Claude try to do in their artworks is they're not trying to have a legacy in terms of a physical artwork. The legacy for them and the impact of the artwork is its ability to evoke an emotional response. And that is the thing that you carry with you, not the idea or the image of the physical thing itself is experiencing it it's bringing your friends and family down and if you watch any videos of people interacting in the space while the floating piers were happening they had kids in buggies they had people sunbathing sitting down having lunch it's an incredibly unusual actions really that you take when you engage with a work of art you don't really think to sit down and have your lunch on a work of art but you could hear what i also think is really important and an interesting idea behind the artwork is that it's talking about connections, it's connecting three islands, it's using the power of art to connect people to three places that not only physically you cannot get to without some means of transport, but actually inviting other people to come to these small towns, experience these environments, the people, and also create a little bit of bustle and again you never know who's who's visiting these places alongside you and i love that idea of the power of connection through this artwork and also finally transforming the space they're physically intervening with nature here and transforming and giving this area a new system of of a physical walkway and it it, really i love the idea of how simple the idea is in terms complexity and logistics in order to realize it is incredible but the simplicity of what they're doing here, allowing you to walk on on top of an element, on top of water, and that is a power that they are giving you, is something which is incredibly special. Crystal sadly passed away in 2020. Their final project was realised in 2021, when their, when their team wrapped the Arc de Triomphe, and it was Crystal's, essentially his dying wish, that this project Would continue and come into fruition and be realised. And the studio team now are continuing to work on their only permanent work of art, which began in 1977. And it's a project for the United Arab Emirates. And it's called Mastraba, which, if brought into realisation, will be the world's largest contemporary sculpture made from over 400,000 multicoloured barrels to form a colourful mosaic echoing Islamic culture. You have been listening to Joe's Art History Podcast, Bite Size, small, manageable episodes which sees me, Joe McLaughlin, your resident host and art historian, deep dive into a specific artwork or artist in 10 minutes or less. If you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, rate and subscribe as it helps other listeners find us. If you want to support the podcast, why not leave us a review or tell someone you know who may enjoy listening all about it. If you would like to support the future of the podcast, please consider purchasing and gifting me a book from my Amazon wish list included in the show notes below. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to do so. It'd be lovely to hear from you. You can email me joesarthistory at gmail.com or you can find me via Instagram which is at joesarthistory or you can search for my name Joe McLaughlin and you'll find me that way too. Finally, I've been your host and your resident art historian, Jo McLaughlin, and thank you so much for listening. Keep learning and remember, art is for all, even in bite-sized editions. See you next time. Bye.